What is more dangerous, this COVID-19 outbreak, or as we call it here on the Boston Rob Show, the Woo-Pox? What is more dangerous, this Woo-Pox outbreak or... Or Corey Feldman withholding the names of what he says are confirmed known child predators for the past 30 or so years. What's more dangerous? Well, I guess it depends on the demographic you are, right? If you're a kid actor in Hollywood, Corey Feldman's absolutely more dangerous. If you're the rest of society, the woo flu, is that more dangerous? I don't know. We're going to discuss it here on the Boston Rob Show. Welcome to the Boston Rob Show. I am him, Boston Rob. I am your mass hall host. I will help lead you through these lockdowns, these quarantines, not to panic, but we're in a pandemic, folks. Now, later on in the episode, first, we got to address the woo flu, as my friend Nick called it and suggested I call it. I like woo pox. Maybe I'll put up a poll on Twitter, but... We got to talk woo pox first. There's so much information. I went deep down the rabbit hole again for you. So far so that I think we're just going to have a segment here called Down the Rabbit Hole with Boston Rob. We'll do that a bit later. We'll get into the conspiracy theories. And I will get into Corey Feldman. This is a titanic size iceberg underneath Corey that I just don't think he wants exposed, and he has officially blocked me on social media. I'll tell you all about that later on in the podcast. But first, well, those of you that are new listeners, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Casts, I don't know. Did I just make that last one up? Hit subscribe, and if you could, leave the podcast with a five-star rating. It's very simple. If you're listening on iTunes... You're already on the Boston Rob Show page. Scroll to the bottom of that page all the way past all the episodes. At the bottom, you'll see five empty purple stars. You click all five and you're done. This podcast cannot grow without your help. This is like a Bernie Sanders campaign. It's got to be grassroots. I need your support. Thank you. All right. The woo flu. I don't know if you need an official to tell you this, but if you just use those eyeballs that God gave you, those two things on your face that are like, cameras that take pictures of things and send that information to your brain if you use those and look at a map look at a map of confirmed cases on february 1st and then you look at a map of the globe of confirmed cases today you'll see that they've reached globe wide they have hit every continent that's right that officially makes it a pandemic not to panic though again I do not want to be an alarmist here. I just want to tell you what's going on. Now, this fucking woo flu spreads person to person like a viral TikTok video. This shit has caught fire, man. And it doesn't even, you don't even need to have symptoms and you can spread this. It is serious, so serious that in Italy, you know shit's serious when in Italy they cut down on PDAs, the public displays of affection, and they're canceling masses. I don't know. I don't know if you have an Italian grandmother or not, 
but they religiously go to mass. So if they're canceling that, shit is real. Bars and restaurants in Italy are not allowed to open unless they have sufficient room to give each person three feet of distance between themselves. That's wild. Here, I believe, stateside, I read this social distancing thing they're recommending. Give yourself six feet. Well, here on the Boston Rob Show, we're saying 12 feet, maybe even 24. If you're like me and you're at Walmart and some guy sneezes up into the fucking air like a toddler looking at the sun, like Tom Petty into the great wide open, just fucking out there sneezing away, then maybe just fucking leave the store. Or better yet, if you have to sneeze in public, pinch your nose, go the fuck home, and sneeze at home. What is wrong with you, you animals? You don't even need to be sneezing to spread this. This is an asymptomatic disease, meaning you could just feel great for a couple of weeks and be spreading it all over the place. And that's, I think, what's happening, folks. Actually, you know, they're saying, officials are saying you should be quarantining if you have flu-like symptoms for 14 days. Self-isolation. Here on the Boston Rob Show, we're saying 24 days. Take a month. Catch up on some Netflix shows Call in sick, tell them you got mono, whatever the fuck. Well, we're in a pandemic. You can say, I got the coronavirus. I got to stay home. But seriously, I think these 14-day quarantines were very short-sighted. Now, this is me with no scientific knowledge at all. Just a hunch of how this is spreading. It should have been 24 days. So the community spread on this is highly contagious. Avoid big gatherings. I love seeing those Facebook posts that were going around. They've coincidentally stopped the past couple days but people sharing that i don't know if you saw it it said i survived ebola i survived sars i survived mers and swine flu i survived y2k i survived bare naked ladies i'll survive this and it's like this is much different than y2k although covid19 does sound like a computer virus this is nothing like any of those I mean, this is already fucking global. This is worldwide. There isn't a place. Well, actually, when I was looking at the map, the few places that didn't seem infected were East Africa, which I can only imagine one moped ride and they're all doomed. Alaska. But we know Sarah Palin says she can see Russia from there and Russia's infected. So Alaska's fucked. And the safest place, according to me, Boston Rob, Greenland. Greenland did not look infected at all. It's some big-ass island up by Canada, a cold, frigid island. So, my listeners in Greenland, we're depending on you to continue on humanity. Stay strong up there and stay healthy. Now, the reason this shit is spreading so quick is because of this next story. If you haven't heard of the New Hampshire guy, oh, just be prepared. This is going to infuriate you. This is why I call for the allowment of neutering and spaying humans because people like this should not be able to breed. So last Friday, a guy who works at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center had flu-like symptoms. He went to the doctor. He, he got the flu ruled out, a couple other things ruled out, but apparently they could not confirm, confirm the woo pox. So they said, go home, self-quarantine, why don't you swing by Blockbuster, if they still have that up in New Hampshire, go to Redbox, get some movies, binge-watch Netflix, stay away from people, self-isolate, come back Monday or we'll call you Monday with the results. Now, I don't know if this was the testing taking that long or the lack of testing that they couldn't find out for a couple days, but it doomed New Hampshire. 
because just a few hours later, with flu-like symptoms, by the way, how tapped are you? What kind of human has flu-like symptoms? Well, apparently, well, apparently a lot of them. But these people have flu-like symptoms, and they're going out. This guy, a few hours later, went to a mixer. This article called it a mixer at a music venue. I don't know if they didn't want to say the name of the mixer. What the fuck? Is this the 1950s New Hampshire? What the fuck is a mixer? And they didn't want to say the name of the music venue, but they weren't naming anything, which I was retweeting and saying, name the guy. We want his name. I know there's laws to protect that, but fuck, this is a time of a pandemic. We're bending the Bill of Rights. Give us his name. We need to know if we know him. What are you going to do? And this guy went out to a mixer. And apparently now all those people are infected and there's more and more. There was one case last Friday, this guy. And now there's at least four, possibly many, many, many more that they need to still get a hold of. I don't know. How fucking tapped is this guy? When I have the flu or flu-like symptoms, all I want to do is cuddle up at home on the bathroom floor. On the cold bathroom floor right next to that porcelain god of mine and just lay there. And this guy's out at a fucking mixer cutting up a rug. Jesus. <laughs> so now, if you live in New Hampshire and you went to a mixer last Friday, you could potentially be fucked. They won't release his name. And from watching the the streams for New Hampshire officials, the these New Hampshire officials are streaming live and giving these conferences on how the chain of command works and what they're doing to alert people. And I was on there being very vocal, writing in the chat, saying, like, what are you going to do? Fucking mail a letter to these people telling them, hey, if you went to an event last week, like, too late. They're already living their life. They have been for a week. This is way too fucking late. Just name the guy. See if anybody knows him. If you recognize the name, you're fucked. If not, I get the whole state's going to be mad at him. But maybe we just say, hey, we'll neuter him. We'll spay and neuter him. And that should be fair and square. <laughs> but they're not going to name them. And this government bureaucracy is going to try to send out text messages asking people where they've been. Meanwhile, those people are living their life and maybe crossing the border to where I am. And we're all doomed. No, I don't want to be an alarmist, but this is how it's spreading. Because why? Well, there was another story of a person that had flu-like symptoms and decided, I'm going on that cruise. No, I'm not going to cancel. I know that there's an outbreak happening. And I know I have the symptoms, but I'm still going on that cruise. Well, what do you know? That cruise is now quarantined on a fucking dock. All thanks to this person who wouldn't just cancel their fucking plans, you asshole. <laughs> and this is why America is so different than the rest of the country. Because if you notice, when people say, if it's not a necessity, don't do it. And people think, oh, well, the cruise is obviously a necessity. No, that's a luxury, you asshole, especially you with the flu symptoms. Stay home. Those are floating Petri dishes. You're getting everyone sick. Have you not seen the dysentery that has been infecting those floating fucking barges forever? God, especially when it comes to cruises, it's like a lot of old people take those. You're putting so many people in danger. You should be held responsible. That's what we should do. You should just be filed with charges of everybody who potentially could die because of you. Oh, reading all these stories made me think back to the 90s. My heyday. The time I loved the most. But there was one story, one thing that popped up in my memory that I thought of and I went, wow. Now knowing about this pandemic and being much older than I was in the 90s, I kind of look back on this a little bit different. Now, if you weren't a fan of the NBA in the 90s and the late 80s, God, you missed out. That was the heyday right there. 
But in 1997, during the NBA Finals, the championship games, Michael Jordan arrived at Game 5 with the flu. Against the Utah Jazz, Carmelo and John Stockton, his Chicago Bulls pulled off a win with the flu-ridden Michael Jordan. And at the time, he was applauded. He was heroic, selfless, giving his body for the game. Gatorade even made a fucking commercial out of it. They were like, if you're playing a game in the finals that could potentially get everybody sick and the game canceled and you're sweating and sneezing everywhere into towels that everybody's sharing and taking sips out of Gatorade cups that could contaminate the rest of the crowd, drink Gatorade. And seriously, this was like it went on to create more of his legacy. No joke, that was a commercial at one point. I don't think it said all that, but you get the gist. He was praised as a hero, and it's hard to stay mad at Jordan, but God, being the age I am now, looking at that, I go, what a fucking jerk. He could have got so many people sick. He could have got the other team sick, his own team sick, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, BJ Armstrong, John Paxton, Bill Cartwright. He could have got that whole team sick, and he only scored 38 points. Chicago won that game. Mind you, the series, the, the finals... The championship games were tied up. It was two and two. This wasn't a decisive game. They could have taken a loss and still gone back to fucking pull it out. Jordan, you selfish prick, you. Now, the countries that are doing the best with this are, surprisingly, China and Italy. Italy, not right now, but I got a feeling this lockdown will help things. Not their society, but the outbreaks. China is proving that. They lock stuff down, and what the news is reporting, whether you can believe it or not, whether you can believe China or not, that's a whole different podcast, is that they're having lower and lower confirmed cases because of the lockdowns. It is surprising to see how easily people in China just lock shit down. I follow some YouTubers that are videotaping, vlogging their daily life during the lockdown, and it's nothing like America. America's not even on a lockdown, and you can't find sanitizer, toilet paper, rubbing alcohol, a bunch of weird stuff. Like, what are you doing with fucking toilet paper, people? Are you going to eat it? Seriously, why the run on toilet paper? We ran out in my house, and we need to get some. Stop doing the weird shit. But we're not even on lockdown. And China, these vloggers there... Or like, here's the empty streets. This is a crazy city the size of New York that's totally barren, but I could still go food shopping and get food. And nothing's crazily out. Like, they're still able to kind of live a daily life where it's not here in America where you go and you're like, why is all the toilet paper gone? Where's the sanitizer? Why are these things like fucking nobody's going to need food in the apocalypse? God, you people, you fucking sheeple are thick, man. But now China is progressing and containing it and i think that's why italy when i wrote these notes on this podcast italy had just done a lockdown in their northern province that's it but not only 24 hours later and the whole country is locked down now there were people i was seeing on social media jokingly talk about should i tell my kid not to go study abroad in italy should i tell my kid to come home and i thought you you fucking thick people. If you read, if you're doing your proper parental research for a kid studying abroad during a time of an outbreak, you would learn that Italy has been a level three tri travel advisory for quite a while now. This is not new. For quite a while, Italy's been hit the hardest. They have the oldest population in Europe. They have just been taking it. 
So for you to kind of jokingly talk about that just shows how you're pretty inept for parent, for parenthood. Because a level three can only be topped by a level four. And if you get to level four, guess what? No one's going anywhere. No one's coming in. No one's going out. In fact, I'll go over the travel advisory levels with you. Because I found this fascinating, yet needing an update. I'll give you my update after. So the four levels are level one, color blue. It's a normal caution. Proceed like fucking usual. Level two, yellow. We get Once you start getting into the urine colors, starts getting fucking sketch. Two is increase your caution. Now, level three, what Italy has been for a while. Now, they're level four. You ain't getting in, you ain't getting out. But level three was orange. Reconsider. If it's not necessary to go, do not go. And that's what it was. And people were like, should my kid go study abroad? And it's like, you Americans really don't understand the difference between necessity and luxury. They really confuse that. Like these people who are sick with the flu going on a cruise. Cruises are not a necessity. That's a luxury. Studying abroad, a luxury. These other countries got it down. They're like, we know what a luxury and a necessity are. And then level four, color red, code red, baby, is a no-go. My suggestion, so people fucking understand these travel advisories and the seriousness of them, is make them emojis. You know, level four can be a skull, flaming, crying tears of red, blood red tears. People will be like, oh, see that? I don't want to go to that country with that flaming skull crying tears. Level three can maybe be an eggplant emoji crying red tears out its tip. People see that, they might want to reconsider. They look, that's not luxurious. Maybe I won't go. Level two can be something like a unicorn shitting on a traveler or shitting on a plane. People might see that and go, yeah, we might want to exercise caution, but I think we can still go. It is a unicorn after all. It's kind of cute. And level one can just be like a smiley face. I think if we switch to emojis, people will take these travel advisories way more serious. Because right now they aren't. And that's how a lot of this stuff in America is spreading. If you look, people were saying, if you just got back from Italy, in fact, I had to take my kid to the doctor today. Do you know how hard it is to keep a kid wrangled in at a doctor? In fact, I'm now convinced doctors have those fish tanks. They all have a fish tank at their office. They have those to keep the business coming. Because every kid wants to run up, press his face against it, and touch it, get all his germs on it. And then the next kid comes in, who might not be as sick. But now he is because he's touching that fish tank. So I had to like herd cats when it came to my kids and not letting them touch anything at the doctors. But the advice was, if you had just got back from Italy, to stay home for 14 days. Here on the Boston Rob Show, we advise 24. And I think you'll see a lot of medical professionals and scientists start to advise that too. Traveling from any zone. Actually, no, we're going into lockdown, so fuck it. There's going to be no more self-quarantine. The honor system has been ruined by just a few people, folks. A few people ruined it for the rest of us. And that's really what this was. They were saying, and me talking about taking my kids to the doctors because they're asking those questions. Have you traveled? And I was like, what, to Italy? No, I'm poor. We haven't been to Italy. But they're asking those questions because if you've been to Italy, they want to fucking know. Because most people that should have been doing this on the honor system, staying home for 14 days, not fucking running out to get Taco Bell or whatever the fuck you're doing, going to a mixer, they weren't. They were not. Really? Yeah. They were just going out, even though they could be spreading the virus. That sounds crazy! It is crazy. 
but welcome to America. So I think we're going to be skipping all these quarantines and we might be looking at what Italy's looking at, just depending on how bad it's getting. Now, if you want to know the ins and outs of a lockdown, well, Italy has totally closed down a ton of stuff. Like I said, you got to stay three feet away from people in public. Social distancing is going to be the norm. If you saw the soccer game played in Italy today, nobody was in the stadium, which, I mean, I applaud them for still doing it without the fans because when you look at here in America and LeBron James being asked if he would play without fans in the stadium, and he said, no way. I thought, really, King? You need your fucking court there. You need your peasants to cheer you on or you can't play. Knowing that there's a huge risk of everyone getting infected, you selfish asshole. Italy is doing it. They're allowing, I I don't know if any more, come the time you listen to this podcast, there might be no more soccer games because they have stopped funerals, weddings, arcades, bingo night, church, masses, Schools have been canceled. I mean, they've shut the country down, and it's all to contain this shit. That's where you see the difference. Stateside, you heard King Br- King LeBron James saying, if there are no fans, I won't take the court. Really? <laughs> like, even though you know bringing people out could spread this, you're going to be that selfish? I think that is going to be the difference And we could be looking at something like Italy's facing. I hope not. Again, not to alarm people. But if we don't start getting responsible and actually honoring the honor system, it could get worse. And with the lack of test kits, that's like the biggest thing right now. Only the reported cases are the ones being tested. And to get tested, you need to be prescribed by a doctor. So this could be much worse than any of the news could even imagine or any of these statistic sites or scientific medical sites because we don't have the tests. Again, this is all new. We're going into uncharted waters, as everyone keeps saying. So while, while I'm at it, don't listen to the president. If you didn't hear what he said about a week ago, he said there are 15 cases here in America. We'll soon be down to zero. Well, that couldn't be further from the fucking truth. In fact, the whole West Coast is on a state of emergency. From Washington, Oregon, California, Washington's been hit the hardest. You're going to see this with any any places where there's old people. I saw one fucking medical person say, you just got to pray that no, no retirement homes, no elderly facilities get hit with this because people are going to get wiped out. And it's really sad to think about that's why it's important that you wash your hands it's not for you king james it's for the fucking elderly man how do you not get that so fucking thick man hey a notable isolation quarantine mention goes to ted cruz he is in self-quarantine let's see if he actually does it keep an eye out for him people if you see him out fucking getting taco bell or doritos or something like that call him out he needs to be home alone but he attended the cpac the Conservative Political Action Conference. And what I'm guessing was some hardo who was trying to own the libs and not wash his hands, tested positive for the Wu flu, still attended the CPAC. Again, do you see the common theme here in America? People test positive for something and they're like, eh, I'm going. I know it's the honor system. I should be home, but I'll just do this one event, you know, where the president, vice president, and senators are going to be. Yeah, that sounds safe. 
I get a feeling the government is fucked in this and we're just not going to know. But once you see these bastards sweating and coughing on TV, that's been the tell with all these foreign countries. These ministers of science and medical people coming on TV and they're sweating up a storm and coughing and trying to tell you everything's okay when you know, like, well, you don't look okay. Are you sure we're not fucked? Stay away from them. But CPAC, if you went to it, which... I can't complain. You know, a lot of these people seem like assholes to me. And uh, yeah, this is touchy territory. You get what I'm saying. But you could be infected. Hopefully, you're not older. But if you went, just stay home. Honor the honor system. Now, there's a lot of other cancellations in America, but it's interesting to see how some countries are just locking shit down. They're canceling funerals and weddings. Okay? Here in America, well, we've canceled South by Southwest. TED 2020 in Vancouver is canceled, but Coachella, Comic-Con, we're going to keep those on until, you know, we're forced to shut it down. We're forced to. Theme parks, still open. If you're going to theme park right now, you're fucking tapped. Just don't do it. You know, I told my mother-in-law, I told my wife, like, now is the time, if you have tickets to something, if you spent money, to call whatever you have tickets to and just see if you can work with them on a postponement, on a cancellation, on a refund. Because a lot of companies are going to get bailed out from the government on this. They're going to get help. So hopefully they'll work with people who have spent money but now want to cancel, reconsider for health concerns. So at least try it. Theme parks here in America not shutting down in Japan. In China, they are closed. Disney is fucking shut the fuck down overseas. So, if you're going on a cruise, good luck. That godless vessel is probably fucked. I would cancel those, and I wouldn't even look back. Like, really, they can keep the money. You don't want to be in a floating Petri dish. But things like this, you really got to reconsider. And I think in the coming days, we're going to see a lot more shit canceled. In fact, we're going to get into the conspiracy theories in just a minute. I just want to get some more, a couple more things out. But I have a huge conspiracy theory on really why this all started. And it was to cancel one tour. I'll get into that in a minute. First, I got to tell you, if you are going to go to the doctors, if you feel like you got the flu, this is important. Call ahead. Don't just show up at the ER. This has been everywhere. And I just want to make sure I get to say it because you got to be responsible right now. Call ahead if you think you got the woo flu so they can prepare to keep you in quarantine. Don't just fucking show up. I'm hoping people did that when I took my kids to the doctor today and that they didn't just show up. Things looked different there. I think there were proper procedures, but really, we don't know how this affects kids. In fact, I know there are people saying and scientists saying that 82% of us will hardly have symptoms at all. It will be very mild. But those with compromised immune systems could really be a danger. So please, people, fucking, you know, think of others. That's what I'm trying to get at. Because this could affect a lot of people in negative way, and it might not affect you. But it doesn't mean just go all willy-nilly fucking somewhere. And especially if you've got the flu, go lay on your bathroom floor. It's nice and cold, and that's what you should be doing. So, so, so social distance, people. And my last public service announcement. For those people buying up all the commodities right now. And I'm not talking about stocks, although now's the time to get in if you're serious about it. Everything's fucking tanking buy your stocks now but for those going out and buying this toilet paper sanitizer rubbing alcohol all that stuff and buying it in excess whether you're selling it on the secondhand market or you're just buying it to hoard it the devil has a special bicycle with no seat for you to ride on hell's worst potholes bumpiest road ever 
because you shouldn't be fucking doing that. Leave some for the rest of the people. Now's not the time to panic, okay? This is not the time. And I went to Walmart the other day just looking for sanitizer. I need it here at the house, okay? I got kids. I got to bring it with me. I got to make sure the kids keep their fucking hands clean. And I was talking to a lady saying, really, you still haven't got any in? I've been here like five times in the past week. I can't find it anywhere. And she said, you know, we got a shipment last night. Some guy came in and bought 72. And we had to set a limit to five per customer because of this one guy. And I thought, 72? You know he don't have 72 people he's handing that out to. He's trying to sell it on the secondhand market to make some money. Then today, I'm seeing people on social media posting about $70 bottles of hand sanitizer. And I thought, fuck you people. Don't do that. Leave some because there might be an old person, a person with a big family that needs some of this stuff. And you're out there buying all the toilet paper, hogging it up. Why? Because you can? I fucking hope you lose money, you asshole. Don't do that. All right. Now, are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The what? The rabbit hole. <laughs> Welcome to the new segment on here on the Boston Rob Show called Deep Down the Rabbit Hole, where I take you on a wild ride through the darkest corners and alleys of the internet to bring you the craziest but maybe true conspiracy theories out there. And here is what I've found out about the Wupox and the supposed origin of it coming from some Chinese cobra. <laughs> you suspect cobra, you can't host the coronavirus. And we're going to get into it right now. All right. That was my little music bit I found for this. I don't know if it works. That might not happen again. But I thought it was cool, right? Did you like it? I don't know. Leave the podcast with a five-star rating. Make sure you hit subscribe to the Boston Rob Show, especially when we get locked down and quarantined. You're going to need some information, right? You're going to need some entertainment. Who knows if TV will work? God forbid. All right. Before we get into the main conspiracy theories, the biological warfare ones, let me just throw this out there into the public. The first time in, what, 20 years, Rage Against the Machine gets back together. It's an election year. Bernie Sanders is potentially a contender. God knows the DNC is trying to get rid of that. But Rage and Run the Jewels plan a tour in 2020. And then this pandemic breaks out? Coincidence? I think not. I'm just saying it's suspect. Rage has not canceled any of their tour dates. Run the Jewels has not announced anything of cancellations yet, although Rage is active on Twitter. They shared a post where it said, just do what they tell you, washing in the name of, and they had this washing your hands graphic. Pretty cool, uh, whatever. Please don't cancel the tour, although that's very selfish of me. They're probably going to cancel. I just, I can't fathom that. They get together for what? A once-in-a-century tour with Killer Killer Mike and LP, and this outbreak happens? It's so suspect, I think. And I'm just throwing this out there. I haven't read this anywhere. This is my own conspiracy I made up. The powers that be did not want Killer Mike to get behind Bernie Sanders, did not want Rage Against the Machine and the power they have to convince the people to fucking stand up and not do what they tell you. 
to go out on tour to campaign. This essentially would have been a campaign tour. Come on, Killer Mike's like part of Bernie Sanders' campaign. They didn't want this happening. So release a deadly agent and all musical tours have to be canceled. Who knows if that's going to happen? I pray it won't. I really wanted to go see them when they come to Boston. But now, it doesn't look good. I'll just say that. Okay, let's get into the other conspiracy theories. The juicy stuff. So the conspiracy theories. I brought this up on the other podcast. There are theories floating around that it's a biological weapon. I was researching. Good to know. America has its own biological warfare lab located in southern Utah. If you want to look this up, and there are some fascinating videos online, and these aren't like weird tinfoil hat people, Alex Jones type conspiracy theories. I mean, Business Insider, their YouTube channel, did a whole video detailing the mishaps and what the public knows about this place. It was like the Area 51 for deadly biological agents. It's called the Dugway Proving Grounds. And this is where America handles deadly fucking viruses. So we got our own. It's good to know, just in case, you know, this shit does become a war. We're going to have some, too. Um, I, I think it was supposedly knocked out or we weren't supposed to be developing the, uh, these viruses into weapons. But you know how governments are. Keep it on the hush-hush. Don't tell anybody as long as it doesn't get out, which, whoops, in this case, China's did. Now, in researching further on any truth to the fact that this was a biological weapon released by China, I found some disturbing stuff. The most disturbing was if you look up this conspiracy theory on YouTube or on Google, the people that are trying to debunk it, there was literally a video by The Telegraph. You can look it up. The Telegraph has a YouTube channel, and they address this conspiracy theory that this was released by China as an as a agent of war. And literally this 20-something-year-old guy just says that it wasn't, and that's it. He just goes, yeah, we admit that there's a biological uh, institute of virology that can handle these coronaviruses there in Wuhan, where this wet market is. But that's not true. And that's it. That's the video. It, like, almost ended after that. I was like, really? So you're just going to say it's not true, but you're not going to go into why it's not true? I went, that's even more sus. That's making me want to fucking research how true this really is. You just saying, oh, just trust me. It's just not true. So I went on and researched. Turns out there is a fucking level four microbiology lab able to handle such deadly diseases and the specific coronaviruses. And it's right there in Wuhan. It's actually 200 meters away from this quote unquote wet market where the virus originated. Now, this is China's national, uh, or the, the lab that can handle the coronaviruses are called, or is called China's National Biosafety Lab. It deals specifically with coronaviruses. Coincidence? And it's located in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is in Wuhan, right near this wet market. Now, if you remember, I said this was being alleged by these Chinese researchers or virologists. I don't know what they were, but they were alleging that this virus started at this wet market that sells seafood. Specifically, wet markets are for seafood and water snakes. They said it came from a snake. Well, word got around that they were saying it came from a snake. And what do you know? There was a rebuttal. A professor at the University of Glasgow, Scotland said, well... 
that's nice and all, but coronaviruses can't infect reptiles. It's very improbable. In fact, they usually infect mammals. This article that I was reading all this on reached out to the Chinese people claiming it was a cobra. No response, still to this day. In fact, the cobra theory is totally disappeared. It's off the charts now. Nobody's saying it. What they have switched to now is bats. They're saying, oh, well, well, it wasn't a cobra. It was now a bat. Which, if you know how things go in conspiracy theory world, just switching like that and just leaving the, the reptile off the charts, even though it was originally claimed to be that, nobody's going, well, why was that claim made? Was it to throw us off the course of a weapon? I don't know. But the bat theory has really taken a hold. No more snakes, now it's a bat. And they're saying it was a bat to a pangolin. That's the intermediate host. But all this talk about wet markets has really caught fire on YouTube and some national media outlets like 60 Minutes Australia. If you don't subscribe to them on YouTube, you're missing out. They are fantastic in-your-face reporting, and it's all with an Australian accent, accent. So it's really entertaining. And Australians have, like, weird weird slang for stuff, and they're not as professional. Well, they're very professional, but they, like, allow cuss words on 60 Minutes. And I don't know, it's crazy watching news in other countries. But I highly suggest watching the 60 Minutes Australia where they go undercover into a wildlife market. They go to like Bangkok, Thailand, and they go into one of these wildlife markets that's supposedly like the wet market, but different because it's not a wet market. It's not just seafood. And it's very, very sad. I'll give you the heads up. If you can't deal with some kind of tragic stuff, don't watch this. But in this wildlife market where they go undercover, there's a serval a marmoset, a fennec fox, there's meerkats, there's porcupines. There are all these animals from around the globe on cages on top of each other. It's disturbing. It's even more disturbing how they're treated and that they're slaughtered and just really inhumane stuff. So beware. But it's good that it's being exposed. Now, the people that they were interviewing that have been trying to break up these markets forever were like, we knew this was coming. We knew this disease was going to happen. When you mix up all these animals from across the globe, it's inevitable there will be some new kind of disease. But, again, the origin story for this specific coronavirus has been suspect. And I still don't know if it was a weapon or not, but I do believe the hype that says this was created by the Chinese to try to subdue the Hong Kong protesters and that we haven't still gotten somewhere with the origin story. In fact, it's just kind of changed course without reasoning into why it couldn't be a snake. Like, there was no more research. We couldn't prove that. I, I don't know. I just know that when I read the New York Post article discussing the bioweapon theory, this guy that wrote the article, I don't know if you've ever read something where you just felt like the text was yelling at you. Well, this whole article is just accusing China of creating it as a biological weapon and releasing it. In fact, he goes on to state in this New York Post article, you can research it on your own. He says it's a dirty little secret in China that some of these Chinese researchers have sold lab animals to these street markets. I guess on the cheap, I'm, I'm hoping on the cheap after they're done experimenting instead of what the law requires them to do and cremate the animals. And then they cited, in this New York Post article, they cited a guy who's in Chinese prison for making over a million bucks on lab animals being sold to street markets. When you hear stuff like that, and you know that's true. I mean, I don't question that. 
You don't think on the download some dude's selling like experimented on bats or snakes or whatever they're doing. I I don't want to get too far into that. This is where I kind of shut my phone off. I go, okay, going a little too deep down the rabbit hole. But when you hear that and it's being reported in the post, which you hope that some of these papers, whether they're leaning to one side or another, are not just going to make up crazy stuff, but kind of have source information on it. And you know it's in a big thing like the post. It's not Tucker Carlson's website, The Blaze, but The Post. You got to think, this could be how it started. It was a lab animal leaked out on purpose. They said, go sell this to the market so we could spread this disease. Who knows? It's horrifying. It's gross. But that's what I found for you folks. And it's messing with me, but I'm still here. And don't worry, because whether it was a biological agent or not, we're going to get through this. Really? Yes, we are. Because I have to share the story of Corey Feldman blocking me on social media. This is too crazy. I never thought I'd see the day where Corey Feldman blocked me. But now that I know what I do about him, I got to say, I'm kind of proud that he blocked me. Although I am going to sneak around him blocking me just so I can try to expose him a little bit more. In fact, I'm going to get into all this next on the Boston Rob Show. Make sure you've hit subscribe and leave the podcast with a five-star rating. Please, this podcast cannot grow without you. And I thank you for those of you who have already left the five-star rating. For those of you who haven't, it just takes a minute. I'm going to commercial right now. You can do it right now and not miss a thing. When I get back, we talk Corey Feldman blocking me. And just we're, we're going to scratch the iceberg, this titanic size iceberg on Corey Feldman and the alleged abuse he's dished out over the years. That's all next. Everybody remembers who Corey Feldman is, right? I guess if you didn't grow up in the 80s, you might not know him. He appeared in Goonies, Gremlins, Stand By Me, The Lost Boys. He's got quite the 80s resume. And it ends there. I mean, he grew up to look like Michael Jackson. For those of you who know him from now, maybe you know him from his viral performance on the Today Show where he he appeared with his angels, quote-unquote. Looking like a Michael Jackson tryhard. That dude wants to dance like Michael Jackson. It's just he's got no soul. Literally, I don't think he has a soul. And I had always felt bad for Corey. But something in my gut had told me, like, as much as you want to feel bad for this dude, he seems suspect. Something seems suspect. And with him always in every TV appearance he's ever done talking about how he's been hurt, he's been abused... I've always thought, well, hurt people hurt people, unless there's a lot of work to be done so you don't grow up to be that. 
So after sharing this past week that viral performance, which I just do randomly, I I don't even want to get into the weirdness of me watching that performance, and I'm like addicted to it. There's something about how hard he's trying to be Michael Jackson and how hard he's trying to dance like Jackson that I'm like addicted to watching this failure. And that's what it is. I mean, it was horrible. It went viral in not the good ways. And I feel bad that I defended it before knowing what I know now. And oh, we're getting into that. And I will tell you why he's blocked me. We're going to get into all that. But first, let me tell you why he's appearing on the news. Why you might have seen him in the news. Why you might see news stories if you Google Corey Feldman. Which I don't know why you're doing that. But maybe you're just like me. You're trying to find this video of him dancing like Michael Jackson. (laughs) It is hysteric. My wife was almost in tears when she went to my Facebook page to watch this video because you can't help it. In fact, I don't even think the original video is up. I got a feeling Corey pressured the Today Show to take it down. Really? Yes, I think he did. I think he was embarrassed. This dude is made up of a lot of ego, and you could tell that by just, I don't know, listening to him. So I thought, hurt people hurt people. Let me make sure... Because when I started this YouTube search and this Google search to just find out a little bit more once I saw that, oh, he's promoting a new movie. What's going on? He's in the news again. Are you kidding? If he's doing another performance, I have to see it. I'm not kidding. I was watching different live performances of him. There's quite a few videos of, of, of him. And it's shocking that he doesn't understand like how bad his band is. Maybe you'll see why his band is so bad in some of the stuff I'm going to reveal. But as I dug deeper, again, deep down this rabbit hole, I go for you folks. To be honest, I kind of enjoy some of this. Like this, woo, this was weird. And I found out he was making appearances on NBC LA. He was going on Wendy Williams. He's promoting a new documentary. Not really new, though, because he's been talking about this, it seems like, for 20 years. And it was actually premiering tonight. I'll get into that in a minute. But he's been going all over the place saying donate online or not donate. He's been asking for donations, but he's been saying, I'm selling $20 tickets online. You can watch the world premiere online with me. He's always asking for money whenever he's on TV. Always, always saying, like, shouldn't I be earning money? Shouldn't you be donating to me? I'll only tell my story if I get money. And it's like, dude, if there's real abusers out there, just fucking speak up. You know, if you're really concerned about other people getting hurt, why do you need money? Why don't you say the names and then tell your story? If your story is compelling and crazy enough and people really want to see it, they'll pay to see it. But why are you allowing people to get hurt and protecting these people for so long so you can get money? It seems so selfish. That's what really started me to dig a little bit deeper. And once I did, oh, shit got wild. (laughs) Oh, child, shit got wild. That was cool. Not really. That was like Corey Feldman cool right there. Let's be honest. Um. So here's the thing about his new yet really old documentary. It's finally coming out. Yes, it was supposed to premiere tonight, but it isn't his story. He said he's going to be telling Corey Haim's story. Now, Corey Haim and him were supposedly best friends, but that's alleged too. They were partners in movie crime in the 80s. They did a lot of movies together. They seem like on-screen best friends. Who knows what the real story is? I'm not here to question that. Well, actually, no, I totally am. But he's going to be telling, which, by the way, Corey Haim died, I don't know how many years ago, but he's departed. And now, Corey Feldman, this little weaselly Michael Jackson wannabe, is allegedly going to tell his dead friend's story and profit off it. 
Well, once you start to research, well, what does his surviving family members think? If you don't know, which I had to find out too, I had to Google all this, Corey Haim moved in with his mother when his mother was diagnosed with cancer. That's how close they were together. He wanted to spend all of his time with his mother and hope for her recovery, which so far she has, and I think she's doing pretty good. She's alive. She's appeared on TV. But that's how dedicated he was to his mom. So if you're wondering if they had a stressed, if it was a Hollywood relationship or whatnot, no, he loved his mother. In fact, he moved in with her when the bad news struck. That's how close they were. So you'd wonder, like, well, his story's getting told. You'd think the mother wants to be involved, is supporting it. You don't know, right? This is what I was researching. Well, it turns out Judy Haim, Corey's, Corey Haim's mom, has been on TV saying... Corey Feldman, Mr. Feldman, stop tell, trying to tell my son's story. You go tell your own story. She's, she's very clear in saying she feels very bad for his abuse, but in no way, shape, or form should, she, should he be profiting off her son's story. Which, if that's what she's saying, leave it, leave it be, bro. Especially if you're claiming this is your best friend. If my best friend died... I would want to make sure his mother was well taken care of, felt respected. But no, he's Corey Feldman's even gone on, and I seen these tweets before he blocked me, gone on to attack Judy Haim on Twitter. Some nasty stuff, too. So what do I do? Well, in all of these promotional tweets, which he's flooding every social media he has with buy tickets to my document, spend $20 and you can see this. And I'm finally naming names. I'm not naming the names that abuse me. I'm naming the names of my departed friend, <laughs> the abusers of my departed friend. Like who hears that and is like, oh yeah, that's cool. Especially with the mom not on board. So what did I do? I took the videos from Judy Haim appearing on Entertainment Tonight Canada and appearing on some other TV show saying this. Like I'm all for Corey making a movie telling my son's story as long as he doesn't profit off it like he shouldn't be able to profit off it because what she's saying is Corey's claiming to be able to tell the story based on a lie and this is where it gets a little bit deeper into the mess Corey Feldman's claiming he's doing this whole documentary because it was Corey Hames dying wish for Feldman to tell his story now there's a lot of you suspect in that statement and we'll get into that much later on, maybe in another podcast. In fact, I'm trying to get interviews right now with people with firsthand knowledge to explain it better than I can and to tell you the intimate details going on. But these alleged best friend claims by Feldman and dying wish claims all seem very suspect, especially when you go and look on YouTube at former interviews of Feldman saying he would never tell his dead friend's story and it wouldn't be right for him to tell that story. Claims that he's made recently until now that he has a movie that he wants to profit off of. And this is where Judy steps in and says, you suspect, kid. She didn't call him a scam artist, but I will. He's a fucking Hollywood two-bit scam artist. And I got blocked. Corey doesn't know. I do have multiple Twitter accounts. Not troll ones, just ones for my other business, which I'm not getting into now. But I can still see his stuff. I haven't trolled him yet and i don't plan on trolling him but i do want to ask specific questions like if this was your best friend Corey haim why would you let judy haim feel so disrespected why would you attack her that doesn't seem like best friend fucking material to me it's suspect man 
And then once I start digging down the hole of dirt on Feldman, and not even meaning to, but just finding out, like, who else is speaking up against Feldman? Because if Judy Hame is, and she's not even saying bad things, she's just saying, like, dude, this kid's trying to cash in on my son and his story, and it's not right. And if he's going to name accusers uh, or name abusers, name the abusers, but don't turn it into some profit machine for you. She's all for people being outed if they're fucking taking advantage of kids, which apparently he did and tried to cash in on it. So who knows where this will go from here? Maybe he's made his money and he'll fucking do the right thing and give Judy Hames some. But it seems like Corey Feldman is just a fucking punk. And all of his stories don't add up. You see a lot of conflicting sides to him telling the same story. Now, once I went deep down this rabbit hole in the internet, I found this web, this YouTube channel called Damn Hot Chick. And it's run by some dude, so it's not what you think. And all of the videos on here are people being interviewed and they're trying to expose Corey Feldman for the fucking dude he really is. Now, if you don't know, and I didn't, but he claims to be sober, he claims to be a woman's advocate, he claims all these lofty fucking things. Is it suspect that these people that are usually claiming to, like my old boss, claiming these grand fucking things about themselves, like Corey, he's running a truth campaign to expose abusers, (laughs) yet he hasn't exposed these abusers for 30 years, so they've been just abusing people because he hasn't gotten paid for it. Or like I was saying, my old boss, priding himself on advancing the careers of people he worked with when they all quit fucking radio and went into the rubbish business and had to work for themselves or whatever and didn't. Is it weird that it's usually the opposite of what these people claim about themselves? That's Corey Feldman, because once you see some of these interviews on that damn or damn hot chick, sorry that I'm screwing that up. You can find it on YouTube. Trust me, you look up Corey Haim and former angels interviews or people trying to expose or not Haim Feldman. God, two Corys, too much fucking Corys in this podcast. But if you look that up on YouTube, you'll find this. And what it is, is people being interviewed, telling their story, working for Corey Feldman, telling their side of the story, some of these girls that were in his band that you can see in these viral videos that are now saying, like, this is what it was like, and it was fucking brutal. He was abusive. He forced us into these things. Really, the opposite of being a woman's advocate. It's fucking wild when you think this dude's running on a platform, going on national TV saying, like, I support women's rights, and I support this Me Too movement, and kids too, and this truth campaign, when underneath his own home, Underneath his own roof, not under his own home, maybe he has a dungeon, I don't know, but under his own roof, the people that he employs that he doesn't pay apparently either, but right under their noses that are interviewing him, it's shocking to me that nobody's questioned any of this, and it's out there, it's out in the open, it just hasn't gotten the attention that it needs, and I want to talk about this because if this is true, and I believe these people, they seem genuine, they don't seem like they're trying to gain anything, they're definitely not like Feldman where they're saying, I'll tell my story about Feldman if I get money, they're just saying it because they're saying, this dude's fucking gnarly, 
and he doesn't deserve to get donated to, and you should be very careful. It's like one of those fucking scam things. They're saying, be careful giving him money because he's not doing what he says with it, and he's definitely not paying his band members. He's not paying bus drivers. He's not paying whatever the fuck it is. There's even former security guards of Feldman's coming on there saying, listen, I worked for him for this long, and it's usually the code to not say stuff, but I just got to come clean because I can't live with myself with what I witnessed, and it's gnarly. Hurt people hurt people. Now, I yeah, damn hot chick. That's the YouTube channel. Sorry, I did have it in my notes. It's tragically sad because if this is true, the abuse that he uh, abuses people and then goes on TV and says, I'm going to out abusers. It's like, well, who's going to out you? And that's how probably a lot of these people feel. They're probably very frustrated. And some of them in the interview said, we're not getting attention because this isn't a glitzy story. Corey Feldman's washed up. He's a has-been. He's crawling and scratching to get back into limelight with these documentaries. That's why he's withheld the names of his departed friend's abuser that he knew. Fucking give me a break with that. Like, how fucking demented is that? That, like, he's trying to cash in on it, and he wouldn't just be like, these people abuse people. Get them. And he's always said, like, I fear for my life. Fucking, you know, they're going to come after me. And people have pointed out, like, dude, there's a Me Too movement. They're believing people way more than they ever have. And you should feel protected. This is a different climate. This You're not unprotected in this. Like, nobody's going to... This isn't, like, fucking getting blacklisted or whatever. You should feel a little bit safer in today's age. But no, he needs to get paid first. What I'm working on is getting people that have done these interviews, that have first-hand information, like I said, to come on the podcast to share this story because I feel like it deserves to be out there and I'm not doing it justice. I'm trying to fucking give you the cliff notes for when I have this person on on the next podcast or the one after that. I might have a few different people on. It depends. I've already been in contact with some folks. I want to get this lined up and I want to do it appropriately so you can be a part of the story and you're not lost like I was when I was digging through all this going, wait, what? This fucking dude who I, like, even my wife said it. She was like, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Look at him. And, like, he's trying so hard to be famous again. He wants to be Michael Jackson, this poor guy. And I went, that's what I felt. But something in my gut said, there's something fucking suspect about him. Just the way he is. The way that if you're a woman's advocate and your whole band is called Angels, which, okay. But then they're wearing lingerie. And you come to find out, like, they're forced to. And then they're forced to, like, not wear bras around him. And, like, some of the demented stuff. It was like the Playboy Mansion if girls didn't want to go there. But they were under the illusion of they're going to get paid a lot of money. And they're going to be in a band and do what they love. But then they're forced to do weird sexual things. Yeah. That's more what it's like. And there are people trying to come forward. And I don't know why it hasn't gotten the attention. Maybe they need to hold out for money. But they're not. They're just saying, I want to share my story because if anyone is applying to work for Corey Feldman, just know this is how it is. And apparently he's pretty conniving and he's a pretty fucking nasty troll online. And you can tell that because he's treating his what he says is his best friend's mom like this and fucking going after her online. If he's doing that, you know, he has no morality. So, Corey, go fuck yourself, but if you want to come on the podcast, you're more than welcome. You can come on and defend yourself. I'm going to have other people on that are going to tell a whole different story that you've portrayed on national media, and I want their story to be told. Or be told. <laughs> I want their story to be holden. Um, so, 
I'm going to get this. I'll promote it. Make sure you hit subscribe because I really, really fucking think this, this tale needs to be in the public's eye. So all these people who feel bad for him or go, I remember you from the 80s. I loved you when I was a kid. I had a poster on my wall. They can know what he's really been like for the past 30 years. And this alleged sober women's advocate bullshit is just a fucking facade. By the way, his movie premiered tonight. And wouldn't you know it? The people who had paid $20 to watch it online, I don't think they got to. From what I've read, the article that I read, it said it was 15 minutes delayed. But I've also seen other people posting saying now it's been two hours and we still haven't seen it. So I don't know if it just got fucked up. I don't know if he scammed them. I really don't know what happened. But I think some people might have lost $20 tonight. They were there were tweets saying just name the names. I didn't get to see the movie. There was a theater full of people. So probably it got shown. I did see that he said. Charlie Sheen in 1985 on the set of Lucas abused Corey Haim. I don't know if there's truth to that, but it's fucked again that he's doing this for his best friend to to satisfy his best friend's dying wish, which that's could be bullshit. There's no proof of that. That's what Judy Haim's saying, his alleged best friend's mom. But the fact that he waited to get money to say this there's no other names I found online. I will follow up in the next pocket. Like I said, this is going to become a mini series here on the Boston Rob show because I have people lined up for it. Um, so yeah, if you paid $20 for the premiere, and didn't get to see anything. Just know that I think this is Corey Feldman's MO. He's what I've heard. And what it feels like is he wants to get back to where he was in the eighties, including the details about where he lives, not only the cockroaches and the filthiness of it and the orgies and all that, but just the fact that multiple sources that weren't even trying to talk shit on him, just confirming with each other that when you walk into his house, it's like an eighties shrine to himself. One, one article said it was like, if eight-year-old him got to decorate his front room, it's like a pinball machine of him, posters of him. It's just weird. It's probably not healthy. That's who we're dealing with. So I will keep you posted if anything new happens. I am blocked. If you want to follow him and research this on your own, you're more than welcome. But I must tell you, after you watch the hysterical video of him trying to, him being the Michael Jackson tryhard and really wanting to, do Michael Jackson dancing. <laughs> he looks like Michael Jackson. Like, you know, he dyes his hair black. I think he got a nose job. It's, it's, it's eerie. But more importantly, if you do research any of this, if you do research any of this, make sure you go to Damn Hot Chick on YouTube, that channel, and just watch, listen to these interviews. They're compelling. Corey Haim's former fiance. This is what I was listening to last night because there's so much on there. I can't even get through it all. I was trying to get enough to talk about on the podcast and give you the cliff notes version. But Corey Haim's former fiance just tells a completely different story and not trying to gain anything than what Feldman says about their relationship. And it's all suspect, man. I'll tell you what makes me feel the most suspect about things is when the same person tells a different story again and again. Like Feldman saying, I can't tell who his accuser is, he's dead, that wouldn't be right. To now, where he says, if you pay me $20, I'm naming names. You suspect. 
again, you got an invite to come on the podcast if you want to defend yourself. And stay tuned. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts because these interviews are coming soon. This weekend should be the first one. I will give you more information, uh, names and all that very soon. So follow me on social media. I'm telling you, I'm trying to get this all sorted out right now. It's crazy at how this all came about. I was just trying to watch a funny viral video of him embarrassing himself. And now I'm in the midst of a conspiracy theory <laughs> deep down the rabbit hole with Boston Rob. Okay. That's it for this Boston Rob show podcast. Hit subscribe, please. Please leave the podcast with the five-star rating. Science has proven if you do something nice for someone, like leave a five-star rating for the podcast, you'll have a better day. I want you to have a better day. It takes a minute. I'm ending the podcast now. Scroll to the bottom of the podcast show page on iTunes, and right there you'll see five empty purple stars. You click all five, and you're done. That's it. Thank you so much. Like we always end the Boston Rob Show, destiny is all. Much love. Spread love. Peace.